Hey, podcast people, how's it going? Azrin, the language nerd here. I hope you're having a fantastic Sunday evening or whatever day and time it is for you right now as you are listening to this podcast episode. We're going to skip the usual introduction and dive directly into the show because I'm excited about the topics for today. Also, I'm on a slight time crunch, not a big time crunch, but a little one. And so I want to get to the point. Now, the first thing I'd like to share is a random tweet that I put out. This tweet basically said, I'm going to read it to you. Celebrate progress in your target language, even if it's small. For instance, I just watched a 20-minute video in Mandarin where a guy talks about his dog. I learned only one new word from the video, and yet I feel genuinely happy and proud of myself. And then the caption that I put for... Uh, the caption I had here was progress is progress, hashtag one step at a time. It's funny because my content often is nothing more than sharing th thoughts that are going through my mind. And I never really know what content is going to be popular, what content isn't going to be popular. I just share the things going on in my mind. I put them out as content on Instagram and podcast and YouTube and et cetera, et cetera. And I see where the chips fall. I let, I let the chips fall as they may. And I see what resonates with people and what doesn't. And this thing, which was a random thought at like two in the morning or one in the morning or something like that, that I just tweeted out because I felt like it, um, apparently was pretty meaningful to people. Just when I look at the number of likes and comments and shares and the overall social reaction that I had to this post. And so today I thought I would at least start the podcast off today um, with the first two, three minutes just to talk about this one little tweet because obviously it was helpful and meaningful to so many people on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And so hopefully it's meaningful and helpful to some of the people listening to this podcast. Now, the rest of the podcast is something that is going to get ever so slightly philosophical, ever so slightly. And I want to talk about an interesting little butterfly butterfly effect that has been uh, that I have been thinking about for about a day or two. So the butterfly the butterfly effect. If you haven't heard of this concept and don't really know what it means, the butterfly the butterfly effect is a theory that if you make one small every decision you make, even if it's a really small one, has a very big impact upon the outcome of your life in the future. So the stereotypical kind of example is if you're walking down a road and you turn left instead of turning right, well, that one little decision of turning left instead of right might have had a severe, a severe major impact on the overall direction of your life because you turned left, which meant that you bumped into this one lady on the street or guy on the street and turns out you got married to that person and it led your path down a particular direction. Or if you turn right, maybe you would have been hit by a car and you would have broken your leg and you never would have met such and such person and it would have taken your life down a different direction or, or who knows, right? Or of course, something way less drastic, but just the simple fact of turning left versus right down a street might have a very significant impact upon your life. And the reason I've been thinking about this butterfly, butterfly effect is because I came across a post that I that I had written on Facebook back on July 26th, 2014. The post that I wrote on Facebook said, I want to learn a, a new language and I'm debating between Arabic and Mandarin. Any advice? 
Now, at the time, I was unsure if I should pursue Arabic or Mandarin, and I ended up choosing Mandarin primarily because the Mandarin class, excuse me, the Arabic class was offered really early in the morning. It was offered at eight in the morning at the local university in my city. And I am not a morning person. So I was like, man, eight in the morning for me to get there on time and be ready and dressed and have my brain working properly. That's going to be really, really hard. I'm going to have to wake up so early, not to mention I was working full time. And we used to have some morning, some morning meetings. And so I thought, man, those morning meetings might get in the way of the class. So ultimately, the timing of the Arabic class didn't work out. And so I decided to take a Mandarin class instead, which fit my schedule way better. And that, that was one of the major deciding factors as to why I started to learn Mandarin. And I think about that, I think about that quite a bit. Because, you know, I suppose... I suppose I think about it quite a bit because I feel like if I had studied Arabic, I, I think about how my life would have been, how my life would have been different, I suppose. Because let's, let's take a look. For Mandarin, right? Because I was studying Mandarin, I spent three months in Beijing and two months in Taipei, where I lived with two Mandarin-speaking families and also with a couple of Dutch roommates. And I have so many stories from those experiences that I tell to this day. My Dutch roommates, I'll never forget when one of them tried to wash his blanket. It was very funny and it was a big laughing point. I'm, I don't think I've ever laughed so hard when he tried to do that and the results of him doing that. The dye came out of his blanket and it was like, it soaked our floor. It became all blue. The landlord was like, what the heck? Why is your floor blue? What happened here? Like it was this big thing. It was so, it was in the moment, it was kind of sucky but it was it's very funny in hindsight or when i lived with the one of the, the the families in beijing like i didn't speak mandarin they didn't speak english and it was really awkward sometimes and really challenging to communicate and there's so many stories that have stemmed from that i ended up on a six-hour date with a girl that didn't speak any english and i spoke no mandarin and it was a big miscommunication that i was set up on a date and i didn't even realize it was a date like <laughs> like it was such it's an interesting story I have so many stories and I've met so many people that nowadays I are, are pretty important parts of my life because of the fact that I simply chose to learn Mandarin. And I wonder if I learned Arabic, like what would my life be like today? It's interesting, right? It's interesting. One of the things that, uh, one of the things that I, I think about is uh, the, how do I say this? When we learn a language, we meet so many different people. Often we meet hopefully, different people that are learning that language and, of course, native speakers of that language. And seeing as the people in our lives are often the biggest influence upon the quality of our life, the way we view the world, our perspectives, our thought processes, what we're open to, what we're closed to, because of that, it's, it's, it's interesting that depending on the language you're learning, just by selecting a different language, your life could actually end up going in a very different direction. Because you choosing to learn Japanese versus Spanish is going to give you an exposure to a part, to a culture and to countries that are very, very different. That are very different, right? If you'd spent time in Japan versus Spain, very different culturally, very different linguistically, very different historically, very just super different. Not to mention, of course, the languages are different too. 
so it's just really interesting. Also, I've been thinking a lot about that, thinking a lot, and it's uh, something that has been something that has been on my mind. I suppose the final thing I'll say in this podcast episode is I actually wrote this down. I wanted to phrase it exactly as I wrote it. So let me open that up on my phone here. It's rare that I take notes, but here we are. Here it is. Okay, I wrote this and I actually posted on Twitter as well. I'm going to read it out to you. It takes us thousands of hours to master our first language. So is it not lo logical that a second language would also take a long time to master? A strong enough level to function on a day-to-day -day basis can be achieved reasonably quickly, but mastery takes years. This is something that occurred to me as well, and it stands out to me because, for many reasons, when I think about my, my Mandarin, for instance, I've been learning it for about six and a quarter years. I started in September of 2014. Now we're in January of 2021, so it's about six is that about six and a quarter? Did I do that math right? I think that's about right. That's about right. And it's funny because I'm, I'm a lot, I'm reasonably strong in Mandarin. I'm quite strong in Mandarin. I mean, if you actually go to my Facebook and Instagram, actually my Instagram, not my Facebook. If you go to my Instagram, you're going to see that I took some screenshots of an advertisement that I posted all in Mandarin. I'll actually read a portion of it to you. Maybe I'll read the whole thing. 的创办人，我非常喜欢，我我非常喜欢学外语。自二零一七年以来，我和我的老师团队已经，anyway goes on and on and on，right？以下是我们提供的的英呃的英语课程。Then I've got a whole bunch of listings, and like I, I wrote a whole advertisement in Mandarin, and it wasn't that challenging for me. That's a pretty big accomplishment. I can promote my, my my business in another language. That's cool. I have a long way to go before I'm like near native level of fluency, like my French or Spanish, for instance. But it's cool, right? But I think about that. Like I'm pretty strong in Mandarin after six years, but I'm not at a near native level of fluency. I remember even French. French is a better example. Like I did my entire education in French from the age of five to 18, right? And like... After the first 10 years of my French education, I'd done a French education here in Canada. I'd spent three months living in France and studying in France, living with a French family. And yet, even after that 10 years of effort, I still probably only understood 60 to 70% of French TV shows. Like I understood enough to enjoy them and I did understand a lot of it, but not all of it. 60 to 70% I understood, 30 to 40% went over my head. It was just too hard. So mastery takes a very, very long time. And I think some, some, sometimes language learners get frustrated because they are not as fluent as they'd like, they're not as strong as they'd like, they're not able to understand TV or music, or there's still so much they don't know. And I think it's, I suppose it's important to realize that, hey, you can learn a new language and you can achieve a pretty strong level. Uh, you know, you can function, you can have enough to get by on a day-to-day -day basis within a reasonably short period of time. You know, if you're going to study reasonably intensively, you might be able to do it in 6 12 months, 6 to 12 months, maybe a little less, but perhaps um, if it's not as an, if it's not as, not as intense, it might take, you know, 2 3 4 2 3 4 years, 5 years, something like that. Um, but mastery is something that might take you 10 11 12 years.
It might take a long time. It might take a long time. And yeah, I think it's important to realize that. I saw this, I keep, I often see this post on my Instagram. It's a sponsored post and I think it's called My Life in Weeks. It's a company where you tell them how old you are, you tell them about your life habits and stuff, stuff and they estimate how many, how, how, what age you're going to die at. And then what happens is they actually give you like this big, big calendar, not a calendar. It's like a, it's basically like a, it's a visual representation of how many weeks you have left in your life. And so you have like, depending on, depending on how old you are, you've got thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of weeks remaining in your life. And every week you color in this one little box indicating that you've now finished one more week of your life. And some people view that kind of morbidly. Some people view that as a motivation, like to maximize their time and to be productive. And the way I actually view it is, I think perhaps the minority, but it's how I view it. For me, if I were to have a big board that have like 4,000 or I don't even know how many thousands of weeks on it and little boxes for me to color in, like for me, that that just, just stresses how much time there's left in life. And so if something's going to take 500 little boxes, the fact that you could count the 500 boxes and realize that you still have 4,000 boxes left, you realize that waiting 500 boxes, 500 weeks to be able to have mastery over something is just not as much time as we might think. What is 500 weeks? Is that 10 years? A little under 10 years, right? 52 weeks in a year. So yeah, 10 years. It's a good chunk of time for sure. It's a definitely a good chunk of time. But like I'm 28. In 10 years, I'll be 38. Like I still have 60 years, 50 years, 40 to 60 years to go. <sighs> That's a very, very long time remaining, right? So you can master quite a few number of things during your lifetime. If you assume mastery takes you 5, 10, 15 years, well, you can master like eight things or five to 10 things in your lifetime. And that's pretty darn good. That's pretty darn good to master that many things, right? So anyway, I got to head out. I appreciate your attention as always. I hope you have a good rest of the day. We'll chat very, very soon. See you. Bye-bye.